Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Above Park Golf Show. Welcome to the first episode of my brand new podcast. And joining me today is Mike Bartles. He is a golf fashion advisor. Welcome, Mike. Thank you very much for joining me. How are you today? I am doing well. Thank you for the great intro, and uh, I'm excited to be your first guest. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So for those of you that don't know who Mike is, uh, so Mike, you're the host of the podcast Pins Pod on Spotify, iTunes, correct? And then we yep. can also find you on Instagram at Pins and Passports. Yes. Okay, cool. So tell me a little bit about yourself, first of all. Um, I read that you're from Missouri, and you're now living in North California. Is that correct? Yeah, so uh, born and raised in Missouri my entire life, uh, and then just over two and a half years ago, my full-time job that I say funds my fun, um, that moved me over to Northern California, so just okay. in the East Bay area. Uh, yeah, but we've been enjoying it. Weather is great, golf all year round, and the courses here are just absolutely amazing. You can drive an hour and a half, two hours south, and be in Monterey. You yeah. can drive an hour north and be in just fantastic golf. I mean, the privates here are fantastic. The publics are awesome. So it's been a it's been a great time. We've been really enjoying it. So did you get into golf when you moved to North California? I read something where you, you became obsessed with it in Missouri before you moved to North California. So what sort of made you get into golf in the first place? Like, How old were you? When did you get into it and, and why? Yeah, so my story is a little different from what I feel like it's the typical, you know, how I got into golf story. Um, I started golf very late in my life. So it was more around the 25 time frame. Yeah. So it was one of my a, biggest regrets right now. I'm kind of like, why I did I start this when I was five years old? No, I could have been something. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and the funny thing is that so many people who started young get so burnt out so early because they've just been bombarded with it. So it's always, you know, you go through both sides. But uh, I got into it. My buddies were always going to golf. You know, it was never serious. It was just going out, having some beers, hanging out with the guys. Yeah. And at the same time, I was starting in corporate America. So golf is always kind of that easy connector to so many people. So I thought, well, I might as well get into golf so that when these events and things come up or I can be more present and be, you know, face to face with different people. I'm yeah. not a hack while I'm out there. So got into golf and uh, just took it very nonchalant. It was fun. You know, wasn't worried about it. Didn't Enjoy. really care about a whole lot. Just going out and having fun. And then I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to be doing this like every weekend. I might as well be semi good. And then yeah. that turned into becoming obsessed with my golf swing. And then it was everything involved with golf from the fashion, from Sure. The swag from all, you know, the shoes, all of it. So it all just kind of consumed me. And then I've been all in for uh, right at probably 11 See, years. Golf bug, basically. Yeah. Golf bug. Yeah. I mean, I felt the exact same way. Uh, I started actually only about a year or so ago. Um, and I was just, I, I always felt, why didn't I start this early? Why didn't I start this early? But I agree with you. Um, you know, you look, you look at a lot of these professionals and they talk about the same sort of thing in terms of being burnt out. And I'm at that stage now where I'm just really, really enjoying my golf and not worrying too much about how well I'm doing because I've got no expectations of myself. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool. I mean, I, I listened to a lot of your podcast and I saw um, some of your blog posts that you've, that you've been in. And you talk a lot about the friends that you've made through golf as well. So that sounds like it's a, besides from the fashion, which we'll talk about later, the kind of connections that you make with other people and other golfers seems to be a big part of, of your game as well. Yeah, it's been a huge part of my life. Um, while I was still in Missouri, I had, you know, your buddies from high school and growing up, but uh, they were never kind of on like the same kind of level of golf that I was. So it was like, you know, we go out, we play nine holes or whatever, and that would be good for the day. Yeah. And I was always like, well, let's, let's play 18. Let's play 36. So um, I had one of my, one of my very good best friends. Um, he was starting golf around the same time I was. So he was kind of on that level of junkie as me yeah. and then getting into social media and the golf community, like that bubble just started to expand and expand and expand. Um, I started to make some really good friends in different parts of the country, which is awesome because we'd get together and do golf trips. And it, it, it's always very intimidating when you go do these trips, you know, you talk to people on Instagram all the time 
and then you actually sit down and play golf with them and you're like oh my god they're probably <laughs> way better than i am and then you yeah. realize that everybody's on the same level they yeah. say they're a five but really they're a 10 like it's yeah, like okay you're, you're, you're not as good as, <laughs> as me but we're 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 on the same page sure yeah no yeah. i mean i, I and I then echo, um yeah sorry I was, I was gonna just really quickly say that i kind of echo that because i started this channel and and the podcast idea a matter of three or four weeks ago um and similar to when i reached out to yourself on instagram i reached out to some other people and I just noticed quickly like how the golf community are all just so invested in helping each other. Like yourself, it was just, of course, I'll come on and do an episode. And, and, and I got that kind of vibe from the majority of people I spoke to, no matter you know how many followers they had or how many subscribers. It was just like, yeah, of course, let's jump on and do an episode and, and talk some golf. And I, I've really kind of been welcomed, if you like, by that. It's, it's been really nice. Yeah, it is. Um, the golf community is great in that, in that aspect. It's very hard to find people that don't kind of fit the vibe. It's like everybody that I've talked to is on the same wavelength. We're here to help everybody. Sure. We want to play golf with everybody. You know, it's just a matter of time before we all can start connecting, you know, whether it's across the pond or here domestically yeah. um, and really start playing golf with, with everyone. Cause I, I kind of feel like everybody's itching to play golf with everybody. For sure. Cool. And go back to Missouri then, where you grew up. Um, what's the golf game like there? I mean, especially for somebody like me that's from the United Kingdom, we know that California, Florida are, are the big places for golf, of course. And but there are also other states that have got some beautiful golf courses. So, what was what's golf like there? Is it is it one of the biggest sports? Are people into it there? Uh, is there many like really big golf courses to go to? What's the golf game like there? Um. So Missouri's golf is interesting so branson missouri which is probably about two hours outside of downtown missouri they're having this huge boom in golf right now because they have Payne valley um buffalo ridge they have this whole little resort area called big cedar which is just exploding it's a destination for people now which i find to be very funny being from missouri um, but people are wanting to go there they're wanting to see tiger's course in Payne valley they're wanting to see the two par three courses that are there. And then there, there's three other or two other courses that are full championship size courses. Um, but really, as far as like the metropolitan area of Missouri, it's it, it's OK. Um, I mean, there are some very nice privates in Belle Reve, which, you know, where they held the PGA. Uh, St. Louis Country Club is a very, very pretty course. Very nice course. Boone's Valley is another private. Um, but outside of that, like. You know, Missouri doesn't have the public golf scene that California has. Sure. Um, I mean, you look at, for for instance, Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines is a municipal yeah. golf course, mm -hmm. you know, that's holding a major. The only course in Missouri that could hold a major is a private course, which right. like happens for a lot. But, um, you know, we they just don't have that level of quality pu public tracks out there. Sure. Okay. And, and is it say like a kid that comes up through the college system there? Is it, would you say it's the same as kind of the California, Florida um, colleges for kids that are coming up? Or again, is it maybe like a little bit less popular to play in college or do they not bring as much talent through as, as maybe the other states? Because I'm a big American football fan and I know that a lot of the, the football players that are moving from high school to college to get drafted, they often go to the more popular states um, like California to play rather than maybe a different state. Yeah, um, I mean, I would say that Missouri, they don't pull a lot of high recruits when it comes to golf, um, only because you can't golf year round. So oh. that's that's the downside is that you're limited to, you know, basically the summertime, fall time, and then once winter time hits, it's, I mean, you can go, but it's 30 degrees <laughs> and freezing. So it's not really the most enjoyable golf. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no, yeah, I would say that as far as colleges go, there's not a whole lot of uh, colleges that are pulling good golfers. Okay, yeah. So going back to yourself then, I mean, I, I saw this name pop up a couple of times, your nickname, where does this come from, Barrels? <laughs> um, such a common question. So <laughs> my- I my is what I wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, my, um, my last name is Bartels. Uh, which is very commonly um, mispronounced. But what was happening is that I was in a big group chat with a bunch of golf guys and we were chatting back and forth. And 
everybody because there were so many mics in the world so everybody kept saying mike 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 and i was like hey i'm like just call me by my last name like it's bartels it'll be easier that way yeah like you know we won't the me and the two other mics in this group won't be wondering who you're talking to so they're like okay so barrels kept popping up in all the conversations and i'm like i don't know who barrels is so i'm not going to address it and finally somebody was like hey man why are you not responding to me and i'm like what do you mean and they're like, I keep texting you and you're not saying anything in the group chat. Like what's going on? And I was like, oh, I'm like, who like, and they're like, oh, well it's auto correcting to barrels. And uh, I was like, okay. oh, that's why. So <laughs> that just turned into my, my nickname. It was just like, okay, you're barrels now. Like this is, this All is what these we're guys going were with. So, models, but they weren't realizing that they were, they were, it was auto correcting or did they know that yeah. it was no, they weren't realizing it was autocorrecting because you know you'd hit send and then yeah, it would just it would just pop up. So they're like crap. So, so yeah, no that's how barrels came to be. To you and they had no idea that they were calling exactly. That's funny. And so then, then with with my, with my yeah with my smaller stature, um, it 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 started to fit really well. Okay. Um, so it, was, it just kind of went it just kind of went went with it. Fair enough. And in terms of your golf game, then, um, what sort of handicap are you at? I saw you mentioned a handicap on one of your blogs, but I'm not sure if it's been updated since then. So where are you sort of at in your in your game at the moment? Or do you yeah, not so right now... Score? Do, you, do you not really take much interest in that? Do you just try and enjoy it? Or Oh, no, I definitely keep an index. Me too. Um, <laughs> I, I, I keep an index only because when... One, I'd like to know how I'm progressing as a player. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously go out there to have fun. I want to have a good time. There are some times where I'll go play golf and I just won't keep a score at all. Like, you know, during the week, me and my buddy, uh, we'll go out after work and we'll just play to play. You know, we might keep like match play score just for beers at the end. But really, it's just a matter of, you know, having a good time talking and walking. Um, but my index is currently at a 13.6. Okay. Um, but I've recently been keeping my stats through the gin program for you know, fairways, greens, and putts. So I love the data that it's been providing me. I've been grinding over and looking at it. Um, but yeah, that's where it's at. My lowest I've been is a 12, a 12, six. Wow, so okay. my goal is to, my goal is to be in the single digit. Now that doesn't have to be like one or two or five, but like a nine or an eight would be really cool. I've great. also been told by, yeah, I've also been told by a friend of mine that if you're just a really good 10, that's like the best place to be because you get strokes, but you know, you can go low. Right. Okay. And like, since you started playing then, did you ever have any moments where you stopped playing for a period or since you started, have you just been full on with it ever since? Because I started, like I said, maybe about a year and a half ago. Um, and I travel around quite a lot between Europe and other countries. So I found it really difficult to not only keep up the practice, but you know, I had a, for example, a coach in England where I made some really good progress and I was playing some really nice golf at the start. And then as soon as I moved out of the country and I was traveling around, I just couldn't find that same access to, to a teacher or to, to practice. And I just noticed the, the massive drop in my golf game because I was practicing, but I was almost trying to teach myself. I was still at a stage where I needed more coaching mm -hmm. um, and my level just dropped. And then I recently come back to the UK and started again with the, with the same teacher and my level's just gone straight back up again. So uh, yeah, have you always kind of played consistently since you started or did you ever have kind of like a, a year out, for example? No, I've always played. Um, I've never taken time off only because of the fear of my game just going downhill. But it's also something I enjoy. I mean, I can I very much enjoy putting my bag on my back and walking by myself with yeah. nobody around. I Sometimes I won't even play music. I'll just walk and listen and just enjoy being out there. So you know, people have their different hobbies that they like to do. And golf is very much my one. And it's the one that I can know I can do with a group of people. I can do with one other person or I can do by myself. And, you know, I don't have to take every round series. I don't have to grind over every putt. And I like it. I mean, I kind of equate golfing to hiking. I mean, you're in nature, you're outside and you're walking around. Different isn't just hitting a ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great as well, just for the for the mental state, you know, it really kind of clears my head. And as you said, they're just walking around in with nature and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's really good. I think just for the mind, um, to, to agree. Yeah. So it's been really yeah. good. Um, just something I wanted to, to ask you about as well. I saw that you did an event and it's one, to be honest, I'd never heard of, and I was quite surprised with Zach Blair and you got the opportunity to play. It's called the ringer. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I wasn't that, um, 
I wasn't that up in, in terms of the information on this. Can you just explain for myself and the audience, if for anybody that doesn't know, what that event was all about? I believe it was something to do with him raising money to build a course. Um, was it in Ohio? Um, yeah, so, so the Ringer is an event that I think is, and I can't talk in super detail about it, only because I don't, like, I'm not that deep into that part of it. But my, my high-level understanding of it is, so the Ringer is an event that's associated with Zach Blair's brand called the Buck Club. Okay. Um, and the, the Buck Club, I believe, started out as a joke. It was this mythical course uh, that Zach just wanted to make swag for, and people really started to catch on to it, and uh -huh. they wanted part of the swag. He is an incredibly talented individual, not only in golf, but also yeah. on the creative space as well. So he was making these hats and these different things, and people were wanting to buy it. And he was like, okay, well, it's not a real golf course, so you guys know this. And I'm like, that's okay. That's kind of the fun part of it. So he started making more and more and more swag. People started to really catch on to it. It has blown up since then. It's one of the, you know, one of the cooler brands out there as far as, you know, yeah. head covers, T-shirts, hats, all that kind of stuff. And he continues just to kind of push the envelope. I think I saw yesterday on a post he's looking to do um, slides, right, for shoes, just sandals. Right, so okay. he's continuing to push the envelope on the different things that he can release with the logo on it. Mm -hmm. um, so then the ringer is correlated with the buck club. And so the ringer is kind of this event where all of these golf junkies who know Zach, who know the buck club, who know each other can get together and play these different formats of golf. And he collaborates with so many cool people to make awesome tea gifts, awesome prizes, I mean, the table there to buy things is just like swagged out. There's just so yeah. much awesome stuff. Awesome. So that's that's what the ringer is. And then I think what has happened since is that the ringer has become a spot where so many people can come together that I think some of those people and Zach have gotten together and, and are going to start fulfilling Zach's dream of creating a golf course in South Carolina. Right. Um, so it's but that is it's so funny because so that's called the tree farm and it's separate from the buck club and the ringer so they're almost two right. separate things that fall under the umbrella of zach blair yeah for what he's doing okay so how did you get the opportunity to play in this then how did that come about <laughs> yeah so funny enough story um my friend of mine got an invite to it and um this was the second ringer and he got the invite, he was so excited for it. And then he saw the dates and he was supposed to be at a wedding that weekend. And so he texted me and said, you know, can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, he texted me and said, um, I can't make this, I have a wedding. Do you wanna go on my spot? And I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so I ended up going in his spot had a blast three of my other friends went too, so it was like a, a good group of us it was at sweetens co which is just an unbelievable place to play golf and hang out um come to find out after the event that he ended up not going to the wedding so i felt really bad so why, why did he go in the end uh something came up he didn't go and i was like miles why didn't you say anything yeah. he's like well because He's like, I, I wasn't going to not go to the wedding and then go to a golf event. He's like, that wouldn't, that wouldn't go well at home. And I was like, okay, fair enough. But I made sure that I, you know, I bought him whatever swag he wanted and, and got him all the good stuff um, because he was so nice enough to give me that opportunity. And then uh, once you're in, well, this is how it was in the past. Once you're in, you kind of get grandfathered in. So then you just get asked to the next one and the next one, and the next one until, you know, it, that it, that happens but i think what yeah. zach is doing here in the future is he's going to kind of break away from that because it's the same people coming over and over again and he, and not enough people are getting exposure into it so he's going to start bringing in different people just to kind of cycle a new batch for everybody to get that experience okay so did he get like celebrities and other pros involved or no it's mainly just yeah it's just mainly like the golf the golf instagram community junkies I mean, like there are people that I guess someone call like, I don't know, like Instagram golf famous or, or whatever um, that are there, you know, Patrick Boyd, Tyson Lamb. Um, I'm trying to think there, there are been a couple of corn fairy guys, but the okay. majority of are just everyday guys who just like golf and like to geek out over it, which is the cool part is that, yeah. you know, when you're done, you sit around, you hang out, everybody's chopping it up. You're meeting people from all across the, the country. There was actually a guy who came from England uh, on the second one. 
So he flew in for it. So yeah, you just get to, it's an awesome way to connect with a lot of really cool people. So in terms of those next ones, then have you been invited to go back or did you say now they're, they're changing it all where they get all new people in or have you been invited back to one? Uh, I've been, so I, I went to the second ringer. I went to the fourth ringer okay. and then I was invited to the fifth ringer, which just happened, but I was not able to attend that one. Okay. Um, so I, I've been asked to go back since then. I just, some have worked out and some haven't. Okay. I don't suppose, were you at the one where the, the guys from No Laying Up were there? I, I read, I was reading a blog post about all these events and I don't know if you're familiar with the podcast, No Laying Up, mm -hmm. but the two guys were there at one of the events and both of them hit a hole in one on the same hole, I believe in the same day. I don't know if you were at that event or not. Yes. Yeah, so that was, I believe that was the second ringer, which yeah, we were all at. Oh, and cool. um, I had the opportunity to play with Neil and Randy. Um, yeah. and then DJ was carrying a bag for Rob Collins while I was playing. And oh, wow. as cool as those guys, as, as cool as you think those guys are like on the podcast and the things uh -huh. they do, they're even cooler meeting them in person. Um, they're, yeah. I mean, like you kind of put them like a little bit higher on this pedestal because of the platform they have and yeah. how they put themselves out there and the different things. But once you actually like sit down and talk with them or just even listen to them talk, right. Uh -huh. Um, and just chop it up. You're just like, yeah, these like this is why these guys are successful is because they are like genuine individuals. Yeah, no, I agree. So um, moving on a little bit in terms of your like now moving over to the fashion and what you do on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So which one did you start first? Was it Instagram that you kind of got going with first, and then the podcast, or or what was you thinking with all this? What made you kind of go onto social media and start to build up this kind of profile that you've got now? Yeah, so it definitely started with the Instagram. My Instagram's been running for, for probably eight years now, I guess, oh, roughly, yeah. give or take, maybe, I don't know. Um, but it started there, and the podcast was just something I did just during quarantine. I mean, everybody was doing it, um, but the real driver to the podcast was I have so many conversations with people in direct messages. Um, I mean, it's like a second form of texting for me like i have friends that i have instagram handles that i don't have phone numbers for but you know you just have so many different conversations with people um whether it be like the guys from mckenzie or um you know just some of my buddies who are really good golfers and like to have fun and i was getting a lot of questions on different things so for instance like the mckenzie golf bags people are asking me you know oh what size bag should i do what material should i use what things should i think about putting the bag together and I'm, I'm always happy to answer those questions and provide that information because that's a big purchase for a lot of people. So yeah. you want to make sure you get it right the first time. I agree. So when you do one. advisor role almost. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what it turned into was, well, why don't I get the guys who make the bags on a podcast so that people can listen from the mouths of the people who make them sure. and really have an idea of what to do? So then it turned into that. And then it was like, well, you know, people ask me about golf fashion, how, what are fits, what are different brands. And so I got my buddy, uh, Jordan Griggs, who's the Dapper Drive. I got him on to talk about, you know, golf fashion. The guy is, I mean, he dresses incredibly well um, and is very informative about all the different brands, even though he works for Grayson. Okay. But he is just, you know, it's just, and that was the one thing is like, we talked about high level you know, it doesn't have to be a grace and peace. It can be anything, right? But this is what we're kind of looking for when we dress ourselves. And the same thing with my buddy Ian. He um, he works for Grayson as a sales rep, but the guy dressed is ridiculously good. Um, and his level of fashion is is very different. So you have Jordan who dresses awesome, and then Ian who dresses awesome. But each of them almost have their different different styles, right? Styles, but yeah. they both work really well at the end of the day, um, which is great. So it was just kind of that, like let's let's just inform like that what podcasts are for let's just inform people in the golf world and answer so many questions not only people who are directly asking me but people who maybe are thinking about it but just aren't going to ask right so yeah. that was the idea behind the podcast and hand up i have been ridiculously lazy about it and have not put one out since i guess late last year um it's, it's been fun. on my radar huh on Pinspod, did you say you've not put one out recently? Yeah, the last one okay. I put out was with my friend um, Keith, who is the sweet spot in golf. Um, so he's, he's a creative individual. So we, we chatted there. But 
I've got some things in the works and getting the podcast up and running is a uh, part of that plan. Cool. And in terms of the fashion then, were you kind of into it before all that started with people asking you, did you already have kind of an idea that, you know, I really, I'm really into this kind of fashion side of golf or did it start to grow more on you when people were asking and asking, or did you already kind of know that's what you, you were into? Um, I've always liked to dress good, right? Mm -hmm. I've always liked to present myself well. Um, but it really wasn't like getting into the golf fashion aspect of things until like later in my golf career. So I was dressing more traditionally at the beginning. I mean, I saw a picture of myself from like four years ago and I was like, oh my God, like if I would have saw myself, I, I would have kicked my own ass, but it was just <laughs> kind of, of a, you wearing back then? what sort of brands? Is it, it was like, yeah, is it like, like when talking, I first, Ricky, we're talking Ricky Fowler style, like bright orange, bright yellow kind of stuff. I think we've all been down that road at some point in our <laughs> golf career, like where we, we rocked a pair of like orange and orange and orange. Sure. But yes, they're very, very, very early. There was that, you know, Puma Oakley kind of look. Yeah. And then it kind of, it kind of evolved into Travis Matthew is, was like the big brand that I was into for a while. But even then, like this stuff was good. It just didn't really like fit me. And then it was, and wasn't until I found Grayson um that i was like okay this is where we can start having a lot of fun and really looking good um their stuff fits me incredibly well uh charlie and that team over there they do an unbelievable job with uh, really uh, to me everything they do um but it was cool because they have this you know you can wear i feel like when people think or hear grayson they think loud print shirts and joggers right i mean that's kind of like what first comes to your mind, Eric Van Royen, right? I mean, that guy dresses so yeah. good, yeah. but that's, that's what you, the main cool, thing cool you see him in the well. most. He's a really cool oh, guy. Oh, is he? Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, that's kind of like what you think whenever you hear Grayson and sure. what I, what there is more to it is that there's, you can do this great traditional look, which I feel like is kind of their main focal point right now of stripes and solids and, yeah. Their trousers are fantastic, um, you know, whether it be their Montauk or their Amagansett trousers. Um, but then they also do this, you know, you can wear a sweater or you can wear a hoodie. I mean, you can look good wearing both. And yeah. you can really start to mix and match these things together, whether it's a pair of khaki trousers and a hoodie or joggers and a sweater or cardigan. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I love to wear dress shoes and I love to wear tennis shoes. And the fact that I can you know, use this brand and come up with everything, whether it's from traditional or, you know, more in the now or more fashion forward kind of stuff. It's, it's the best. And at the end of the day, the material and everything is fantastic. Um, for me, it's, you know, with a lot of these brands, whether it be Flyers Club, Grayson, uh, Solo Golf is another great one as well. The, the brands are fantastic. The clothing and what the people are doing is awesome but it's the people behind all of these different organizations is what really makes these different brands who they are. Sure. Um, you know, I've, I've had different conversations with the people within Grayson and, and you always walk away from them and you're like, that's a family over there. Like everybody who works at that company, they're all one big family yeah. um, and it's fantastic. And then Solo, it is a family. It's Dan and Tess. I mean, it's, it's a uh, husband and wife combination huh. and they are just, open they are talented i mean dan is meticulous about all of the specifics that go into each individual piece i mean i think he says that he'll go through you know four or five different samples just to get the right thing which i love because he's yeah. not just pumping stuff out to get out there yeah, the he's making sure that it's quality right yeah, and he's a small brand yeah, yeah he i mean he's a small brand he has to do that and then the Flyers Club, not a, a clothing company, but that brand with their travel and their swag and the guys, Omar and Eric and that team. I mean, they're just, they're awesome individuals and people are really catching on to them. And once the borders open up and we can start going, you know, internationally and people feel comfortable with it, they're, they're going to explode because the things yeah. they're going to be able to do over, you know, over in the EU and UK is just going to be yeah. fantastic. And everybody wants to get over there and play golf. Yeah, for sure. I was going to ask you about that. Have you been over to, to Europe at all in, in your time to, to play some golf or the UK? Uh, I have been to Europe and the UK um, a, a, a handful of times. Um, I've never played golf. 
Oh, you never played golf, okay. No, no. And you the, got the some closest other I get list maybe where you you you've got it planned for the future that you want to go to. Any particular ones? Um, yeah, so I, I actually think that next year I will be taking a trip over there. Um, but obviously like, you know, St. Andrews is high on everybody's course. Um, I, I, I really need to do a lot more research on like my bucket list of places I want to play over there only because yeah. once I get over there, I think I just want to play them all. Sure. I'm kind of like that at the moment. Um, I'm not like, since I've really got into golf, I've not had a chance to play much in the UK. So I'm kind of just doing the same. I'm putting together this list now of, of anywhere or everywhere that I can play, but I just kind of want to play them all no matter how bad yeah. they are. Just get a test. Yeah, that's. Uh, that was one of my things when I moved to California is I, I had no friends moving to California. I had people in the office. They were a little bit older. I had one buddy who is my age, but not a really big golfer. So what I was doing is I'd go out and play all these different golf courses by myself because I just wanted to go play golf. Yeah. And I was meeting people and all these people were telling me, oh, you should play this course. You should play this course. You should play this course. And I didn't want to be somebody that just kind of like blew people off and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started yeah. making a list on my phone in my notes section of all the different golf courses. And it turned into a, okay, how do I get on all these different golf courses and play them all? And I just want to plow through this list and attempt to play every golf course in California. Wow. And I read something about you. You said that you keep a note of the, like the people you play with and, and the courses you're playing and stuff like that. Is that true? you got some sort of like little journal that you keep now on, on every, on every round? I do. Yep. So um, it's been kind of the stable of one of my golf bags, which I think I'm going to evolve a little bit. So my one golf bag, um, basically the, the whole point of it is, is for me to take the bag and play a course with random people or buddies. That's a new course. So there are some kind of rules behind it. Uh, one, I have to play a full 18. Uh, two, it has to be the first time that the, the bag has seen the bag or I've played the course. Um, I'm sorry, the bag has seen the course and then, uh, three, I have to be playing with somebody, right? I, it has to be somebody different or, you know, and, and really anyone, I just can't be going out there by myself and logging it. So the whole point is like the, the whole point of the book is, um, the courses that I've played, the people that I've played them with and, you know, kind of the journey that we've been through together. So it's been cool. The first time the bag went out was in Pinehurst. And okay. we played um, two courses. Uh, so we played 36 holes in one day. And on the second round, we played a course called Tobacco Road. It okay. was me and two of my buddies in one cart. So we just rode three deep on the whole the whole oh. time. And my friend Phil got his first hole in one. So it was like oh, wow. really cool to see that. I got to log that in the book and be like, you know, Phil's it? first hole in one. It, uh, no, I actually don't think. No. Uh, so we had a group of five of us playing together in one group. And then there was a group of like probably 12 of us on another tee box. So we were running behind because we had played 18 in the morning while everybody else was coming in. Sure. So we were hitting. So the way that it worked is the green was down here and the next tee box was up here. So uh -huh. everybody was sitting on the tee box and uh -huh. they were watching us hit balls. Uh -huh. And my buddy Phil hit a great shot our friend Tyson said, oh, that's going to be short. And then it just rolled in the hole and we all freaked out. So yeah, it was, it was awesome. I think, I don't even think any of us in the group pulled our phones out. We were just kind of like walking up to the green or walking up to the tee box, like kind of dorking around, having a drink. Yeah. And then Phil hit a shot and everybody just exploded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you, you just don't want, if you start getting your phone out to record and stuff, you maybe just lose that sense of fun on a golf course. I mean, at least I do. Um, I started at one point where I wanted to try and, you know, film some of my rounds and, and kind of give almost like a golf course review, uh, get some shots in there as well. But then the moment I was thinking about recording and getting the right spots and all that kind of thing, I just then lost that kind of sense of me just enjoying the round of golf and everything around me. But, um, it's a very tricky line to walk of, yeah. you know, capturing content for whatever platform that you want to put it on but also at the same time, like enjoying your round and being present in the moment of the people you're playing with. Sure. Um, and then also in the mix of all of this, like playing semi-decent golf, right? Sure. It's, it's very tough. Yeah. Well, I find as soon as, as if somebody's recording me, 
that's when I start to lose it because I know somebody's there and then I hit a duff shot or something like that. And it's like, oh, just forget it. Stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Those, like I was talking with a friend, too many swing videos or pictures or whatever on Instagram are just people that are hitting the perfect golf shot. And I don't think we have enough bad golf shots because Agreed. we all know that one golf shot that that person hit that they posted was yeah. like the one of 120 good golf shots, <laughs> you know, like a, 119 shots suck. And that one, that one shot was really good. Yeah. But I, I think, exactly you know, that. posting the bad shots just kind of helps everybody else realize that not everybody is this fantastic golfer. Like everybody hits bad shots. It's how you react and move on from it. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. There's one piece good piece of advice that my teacher here gave me and he's a, an ex Europe European tour player over here in, the, in Europe. And he basically just said to me, I don't want to see the good shots. You know, I always used to send him that one good one that I did. And because I, I had this feeling of, well, I don't want my teacher to see me doing something bad. I want him to see that it's working. But he said to me, the best thing you can do is send me all the bad ones. And I can tell you exactly what it is that you do it wrong when you hit the bad ones. If you hit the good ones, then great. But I want to see what you do when you hit the bad ones so we can make more of the good ones. Yep. Yep, exactly. That's good. That's great advice. Yeah, so that really worked for me. Um, so going like a little bit back to your golf game then, I mean, uh, how do you feel out on the course? What's like the shot that you like to hit? What's the shot that you don't like to hit? What's the good parts and bad parts about your game that, in your personal opinion? Um, so the shots that I like to hit are probably cuts. That's, okay. that's pretty much my go-to like shot. I... I don't hate hitting draws. I just hate when a, a shot demands a draw because I can't hit it. So okay. I guess I hate it. Um, <laughs> but if I can hit it, I love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the shots that I prefer to hit. Um, my my weakness on the course where I see kind of the most strokes is my driver, right? Okay. Um, it's just very sporadic. There will be days that I'll be pumping it and there will be days that it will be left. It will be right. It's just unpredictable. So dialing in that club is one of the main focuses right now that I have. Um, my putting has dramatically been one of my more clutch clubs in the bag. Okay. Um, I've, I've been using an app called Golf Guru, which the guys who do Golf Guru are over in the UK. Um, okay. okay. But it, it's a it's a mental yeah it's a mental health not mental health but it, it helps you mentally with golf and your that side of the game so like, like you're doing right now you're taking less or... it's it, it's a little bit of everything so like you're doing right now you have a swing coach right so physically he is getting you ready to you know get your golf game where it needs to be but not many people talk about like the mindset of playing golf or you know where your mind is during a round of golf. Oh. So part of it is like driving to the course and the things you think about driving to the course, picturing shot, picturing the course. Yeah. Some of it is um, while you're practicing, right? So putting yourself in pressure situations um, while you're practicing to emulate what you'll be doing on the golf course. And one of the ones that I love is their putting one. So basically put the headphones in and you're out and you're putting and they – they have you stand over the ball and they have this really long, like beepy noise that starts low and then it gets very, very, very loud. And then a bell hits and then you have to putt. And then you have to be so this, like- this just during practice or you do this kind of thing on the course? During practice. So this is okay. like what you're doing while you're practicing. So it's nice because it's, okay. you know, again, it's putting you in situations that are like pressure situations mm -hmm. um, during your practice to emulate what would happen on the course. But it, it's been an awesome app. I love it. And um, I have been using it and listening. Um, the one thing that I always think about too, during the mental side of the game is when you're on the course and it's a course you played time and time again, mm -hmm. and you step on the tee box and you say, shit, I always lose my drives right here. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, before you even hit that drive, that ball is going to the right. Yeah. Cause that's, that's where your mind's at. Your mind's um, at yeah. Or you, so or you yeah, try even try and overcorrect it, and then you go way off left. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. You exaggerate maybe something, and then it goes way left. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's. I think, I think it's it's true, right? I think the 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 less kind of swing thoughts or thoughts in general that you have during any shot in golf is always the better. I mean, 
uh, again, I had a class this morning and, and I had a similar sort of experience. As soon as I start thinking about what I'm doing with my swing or having any sort of thought about the shot, it just tends to go wrong. I need to be in a clear headspace whereby my body and my mind knows what I'm doing in my swing. And that's what seems to always, you know, result in the best shots. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. So go back to the the fashion side of it now. What's your sort of plan with with that now? With your with, with your Instagram, is there anything else you kind of want to get into in the the fashion side of golf, or any new kind of challenges you want to get into? Anything you got planned? Um, so I have in the works a website right now. Um, so it's going to be called the the it's going to be called golfcoursegeeks.com. Um. So on that platform, we'll be having, we'll have a couple different things, uh, like a golf fashion blog, like an official blog will be one. Mm -hmm. um, my buddy is going to be doing a section for golf fitness. So awesome. different movements you can do um, to kind of keep your body strong while you play golf. Mm -hmm. uh, our idea is to have kind of this Sugarloaf inspired map um, of different courses across the United States um that you can go play that you know maybe are known or not known and then the other thing is um that if there's people right in the golf community that are in that area that would want to play with people as they come in you know kind of putting their instagram handle on there to say hey if you're in you know missouri you can play with this person and put their instagram handle on there and you can shoot them a dm and you know figure out if you guys can get something going so i think connecting the people through it would be one thing um we're gonna have a little bit of swag stuff that we'll be selling and then uh one of the main focuses of it is going to be just donating back to uh companies that are not-for-profits in the golf industry to kind of help them continue to truly grow the brand so two of them that i always go to are uh for the ladies where my friend abby is pushing to get women into the game of golf um but as a not-for-profit uh, yeah, organization Yep. 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 Oh. And then the other one is um, National Links Trust, which is a company that is going out and they are renovating um, older golf courses that maybe people have looked over um, and kind of bring them back to life to their true bones where they're very good golf courses. So East Potomac is like their first big kickoff project that they're doing. And that's located out in the DC, Virginia area. Um, so, you know, so I'm going to have a section that's like, it's like the the donate section, right? So each month we might call out a different not-for-profit and there'll be an area where you can just directly donate money to them through that platform. Um, okay. So hopefully that drives, you know, one more looks at these companies um, and two, you know, money towards them to continue to do what they're doing. Sure. Have you ever thought about working more with like other like brands as sort of an advisor? I know that it's what you like to do when people talk to you on Instagram, but have you ever thought about getting involved with other brand companies and, and working as some sort of advisor for them? Or does that not, does that not interest you? No, it, it definitely interests me. Um, I just have never really given it any thought. I, I, I think my thought with it is always the people and helping the people dress a little bit better. Cause okay. I mean, let's be honest, like golf fashion is behind like regular fashion in general. And I feel like there's still more of this traditional country club kind of look. Sure. Um, I mean, I was going to ask you, you have, what, what do you make of like what the professionals wear now? Is that something that you just would never wear in terms of the big brands and stuff like that? Or, or what do you make of like what the professionals are currently wearing? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there are, there are very good dressers on tour. Justin Thomas, Eric Van Royen, Billy Horschel, um, Adam Scott has always been known to be kind of this fashion icon in golf. I mean, all those people are just, all those individuals are fantastic dressers. Um, and then you have more like traditionalist dressers. I feel like, you know, uh, Dustin Johnson is one that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. He kind of keeps it very simple, but always looks really good when he yeah. dresses. Um, and then there are people who are just wearing like the most obscene stuff to wear, you know, like John Daly. Like those, yeah. the loud mouth pants, they just like kind of like, sweat. I mean, they're like the United States yeah. flag or something. <laughs> yeah, they're not like, it's not for me, it's for him. But yeah. you're just kind of like, man. But my, my hope is with the golf fashion is that people start to realize that they don't have to be golf brands for you to wear them on the course, right? 
So uh, yeah. Lululemon is a perfect example. Lululemon is not golf clothing, but they make polos. They make really nice pants, right? They're ABC pants, they're ABC joggers. And those are items that can be worn on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing with like non-traditional golf brands too. I mean, it, it can, you can really and wear anything aren't necessarily named uh, known as golf brands. Right. Not like the outside of the foot joys and sure. Adidas and yeah, Peter right. Millar's. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like these, these different clothing brands that, you know, you ever, I feel like when people go golf, they're like, Oh, I have to go get a golf polo. Well, don't <laughs> yeah. you just have a polo or what golf course are you playing? Like, just go wear a t-shirt. Like you can just do that. Not, not everywhere demands. Yeah. Like my thing this summer is, wearing gym shorts or more athletic shorts mm-hmm. and polos and then for the you know more evening time wearing um kind of like a full slip jacket and that was a look that my buddy ian wore and i was like that's sick like i'm gonna do that um but that's kind of my thing like i i went to st louis recently and i got asked to go play at a country club and i didn't bring shorts because i didn't pack properly so i had to roll into the country club wearing gym shorts and they didn't say anything because i don't think they picked up on it um, but we were playing and the guy who asked me out, he's like, are, are you wearing gym shorts? And I'm like, yeah, they're, they're the only shorts I have. And he's like, well, they look nice. He's like, the pro shop didn't say anything. I said, no, I, didn't, I don't pay attention. And it's like, <laughs> okay, cool. So I think people are just so stuck in this, you know, oh, this is what a golfer looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the quarter zips and the polos and the hats and the khakis and yeah. like, they need to think outside of the box of what a golfer can look like right so you know really think outside of your bubble of what you wear and i'm not saying rock you know cut off jean shorts and a a tank top but you know like you can you can be creative and fun still stick in the realm of respect for when you show up to the course but you know you look good how it happens to me all the time there are so many times where i'll be paired up with a random he'll walk up on the first tee box I'll make that snap, you know, judgment of him based on the way that he looks, uh, whether he's a good golfer or not. Mm-hmm. And I will probably 90% of the time be wrong because the guys who walk up that look and they probably see the same in me, they walk up and like, oh, that's what he's doing. And then I tee off and they quickly find out that I don't. But it's like the people who show up who just kind of have like the raggedy bag and the old clubs and like, yeah. you know, they, they threw a, they threw an outfit together and you're like, okay, this guy's just out here hacking it. And then they're shooting you know, two over or one under, and you're like, oh, they're more worried about their game than they are about the way they look. Yeah. And the people who show up who look dressed in a nine and like they're ready to go, you know, they just left the big box store and <laughs> found the most golf outfit to wear, and then that's yeah. what they're showing up in. <laughs> that's funny. I mean, you talked a little bit before then about the smaller brands, how, you know, they focus maybe more on the quality rather than just pumping out uh, anything. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you kind of feel with the big with the bigger brands then maybe the ones that are worn on tour that they maybe do that a little bit where they're just trying to get out the newest thing for people to buy or is there any brands bigger brands out there that you're really into at the moment um really from like the the brand standpoint that i'm into it's 99 percent grayson and then you know solo is in there as well um there are other brands that i see that i like but I just like, I don't think I can pull them off. So like uh, Rada is another one that I think is doing like really cool stuff, but it's just like not for me. Um, Devereaux is another one where Devereaux makes really cool prints, fun stuff, like, you know, clothing that I think a lot of people could get on. Um, But again, it's just not like not my style. Um, Yeah, so I, I mean, like the Peter Millar's, the foot joys. Um, I mean, Adidas does some really cool stuff in the golf space. I mean, they're always like, they shock me sometimes where my personal take on it is that Adidas will never make anything that will be like loud and blow you away, but Mm -hmm. they do really, really well at like the staples of things you need. And like that staple color line, like they're very good in that space Mm -hmm. in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's kind of what, but yeah, it's that's kind of my outlook on it. I guess Did that answer your question. Yeah, definitely. And in terms of the program, pro game, do you watch much of it? Because I've I've met like a few golfers, and this surprised me at first, but they're just so into golf like I am and you are. 
um, but then they don't really actually watch the game on TV or anything like that. Are you, what are you like? Are you just somebody that loves to play and doesn't really bother watching it, or are you full on? You're watching every tournament every weekend, etc. Oh, full in. I mean, I, I might not be watching every round of every tournament, um, but I am in the know of what's going on with all of them. I'm aware. I can, you know, go through and name tour players that aren't your top ten tour players. Sure. Um, and if I wake up early enough, I'll throw on european golf i love it i think the commentary is fantastic Mm -hmm. i think the courses look awesome i will throw that on in the morning time have a cup of tea and you know not ironically i just like to drink tea but (laughs) have a cup of tea and just sit and and watch golf in the morning time (laughs) get your english hat on yeah yeah (laughs) exactly exactly what sort of players are you into in, in terms of their game at the moment? What sort of tournaments do you like watching in, in terms of the pro games in either Europe or, or over there in, in the States? Yeah, um, my favorite tour player is Justin Thomas. Uh, one, he is, uh, you know, he went to Alabama, which is a huge football school, but is quickly becoming a good golf school. Okay. Um, I like I like Jordan Spieth. Eric Van Royen is another one of my favorite tour players. Um, I mean, those are people that I'm obviously Tiger Woods. I mean, I kind of feel like that's just a given for a lot of people. Am, am I, am I um, saying that Eric? Yeah, is the I mean, one I like to watch like those guys. Short... Sorry, Mike. I was just going to say, is Eric the one that has like the short trousers, right? He has that kind of style of kind of high cut, not high cut. I don't know. He has like the higher trousers above his shoes. Is that Eric? Yeah. So Eric has, so Eric is a, uh, he's a Grayson athlete right oh. so he's sponsored by Grayson and yeah he's he's known to wear the joggers to wear like it's more yeah. like a slim slim fit and then the cuff just comes up above kind of the ankle oh, a little bit yeah yep oh, yeah so yep. cool that style. Um, I like that style yeah and what's funny is that the style of the jogger is actually inspired by um Payne Stewart's knickers so oh. how Payne would wear the high socks and then kind of have the the pants into those so they were they were inspired by that um so you know and i to me i feel like so many people are saying that the jogger is just a trendy thing to have on the course or to wear but i feel like it's quickly kind of becoming another trouser for people to wear that's been acceptable right um to me like i love to wear them um in the morning time where it's super dewy because my bottom of my pants are not getting wet and then you know more of like if it's a rainy round or a wetter round like i'll wear my joggers too i wear my joggers 90 percent of the time i play golf anyway but like those are the two of the main times that i'll wear them because they stop so low you know so high above the ankle that mm-hmm. your pants aren't getting wet as you're walking around which i appreciate okay yeah i mean i, I do like his fashion I, I could just picture him now i was trying to think who it of what he was wearing. Um, and then I just, so they had that memory. It was like these, this short jogger. So the first thing I thought when I saw it, I was like, I need to get myself a pair of those. Cause at the moment I've got like the traditional ones that fall over the the kind of tongue of the shoe. And yep. I was looking at those, like I definitely did a pair of those. So that those pants themselves, yeah. are they graced as well? Yes. Yep. They're gracing. Right, yeah. Get myself a pair of those. Uh, so in terms yeah. of the tournaments then, like what, what sort of tournaments do you like watching? Which ones are your favorites to, to tune into normally? I mean, the Masters is always number one, I think, for everybody. It's it's a great it's a great tradition. It's it's an awesome um, tournament. You just love kind of what happens. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of like them all. I mean, the majors, the I mean, the open, right, is always top of the list. And with the way that they've restructured the major calendar, I love that it's now the finishing major of the year, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, like those are those are probably like my main two that I get the most excited for. Yeah. Um, and then I I love I love the Dell match play, um, and then I love I, I've really come to like the the one in Louisiana. I can't remember the name of the tournament where they do kind of uh, teams, and they right, do like okay. a team event. Yeah, I think they did it fairly recently. Is that the one that was it Billy Horschel that won it or Scotty Scheffler when they did the, the they paired them together? And yeah, they so it's like you and somebody else, and then you yeah. are like a team for the week. Um, I don't know, but I can't think of the name either. But yeah, that's yeah, I can't think of the name either. That. Yeah, but that's been a new one that's been 
it's been cool. It's it's been fun to see. It's different, right? I would yeah. I would love to see more kind of this crossover of LPGA and PGA and if they can do things in that realm. I think that's that's a, an area of opportunity for for both organizations. Yeah, for sure. Did you see the mixed event they did fairly recently? I think it was Henrik Stenson that uh, hosted it, and they had kind of the mix of, of the the LPGA players and the PGA, or some European tour players as well. I think they had a big mixture, but it was all men and women. Yeah, I did. And was it was there one in Australia that they do as well? Possibly, yeah. I, I didn't see that one, but they might do. Yeah, I, I saw the one, and it was Henrik Stenson hosting it, and I, w- I was the kind of same after watching that. I was like, it'd be really cool to see this more often and have kind of everybody play together, I think. Because they always say, you know, that the, the women probably won't finish anywhere near the men. Um, but, you know, I think there was, uh, I can't remember her name, but she finished like second or third, and she played incredible. So, yeah, I think I'd like to see more events like that. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Have you ever had like the chance to go to any of the majors over there or tournaments in general? Do you, do you try and get to the tournaments or, or not so much? Yeah, um, I have been to tournaments. I went to the uh, PGA in Valhalla. Uh, that was probably like seven years ago. That was a lot of fun. I got to go on Sunday where Rory finished in the dark and won. Yeah. Um, but one of the coolest events that I have ever been to, just sporting in general, I mean, it, it doesn't even matter that it was golf, was the Ryder Cup when it was at Hazeltine. Okay. Um, that was awesome. such an experience to go to. Um, I mean, it was, again, the, the most amazing just event that I've ever attended. I can imagine. The, the atmosphere of those things are just like incredible. Just incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, that's probably the one that's on my bucket list. Um, I mean, I'd love to get to the the ones in in the United States as well and the Open. But I think as well, the Ryder Cup is that one that's on my list. It's just there's a different type of vibe there. The way the crowd gets so up for it, and you know they're singing the players' names sometimes before they tee off. I think it's it's not something you normally get in golf, right? You get the cheers, and you know we've we've all seen the kind of atmosphere you have when like Tiger at the Masters a couple of times, but I, you know, I saw them once all cheering Sergio Garcia's name and literally singing to him before the tee off. And I was like, I've never seen that go before. So I think it just has this yeah, extra, extra vibe to it. And I remember like the, was it Patrick Reed and, um, was it Patrick Reed and McElroy that kind of had a little bit of a go with each other? And it kind of created that yep. bit of blood. And I think that kind of stuff was awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of fun to watch. They were, um, they were having a good time with it too. Yeah. So um, what's your plans now in, in terms of um, golf in North, uh, North California? Are you living there all the time now? Are you planning on moving anywhere else? Are you kind of set there? So we're set here. Um, yeah, we've been, again, we've been here for just over two and a half years. Uh, yeah. And the plan is just to play as much golf as possible and to connect with as, as many people. I've, I've started keeping a list of all the different you know, people that I've interacted with on social media that are in the area, you know, kind of their name and the general area that they are. Um, one thing that I've, I've noticed about myself, you know, recently is that I've been kind of falling into this trend of, you know, this kind of the same course or same courses and then kind of the same people. So I'm trying to make more of a conscious effort to reach out to these other people that are in my area that have said like, hey, if you're available, I'd love to play golf with you and yeah. really start to connect with them. Um, kind of branch out a little bit more as far as, you know, getting attacking this list of courses again and really, you know, connecting with more people that are in my area. Yeah, I think that's been really good. I mean, like I said, I did the same. And within a couple of weeks, I've met two or three people whereby I or they have said, you know, we should catch up sometime and have a round of golf. And I, I didn't kind of expect that. And I think that's been really good to do. And I can see on your Instagram, you've got quite a big following there already. I mean, how did you how did you get to this stage that you're at now? I mean, was it something whereby you wanted to go out and build, you know, kind of your social following, or was it something just happened through connecting with other golfers? Um, I mean, I feel like anybody who gets on Instagram wants to expand their reach, right? So whether that's gaining more followers or whatever it may be, like that's kind of your goal is you wanna you wanna branch out, you wanna connect with people. Um, so yeah, it's, it's always been a goal of mine to, you know, just obviously gain as, you know, gain and connect with as many people as possible. Um, I obviously do, I, I do have a goal, like, 
my girlfriend and I are in a race for this year. So she runs um, our dog's Instagram account. So it's either she is, yeah, she's, she's on path to hit 20 K and I'm on path to hit. I was going to say competing with dogs is difficult. I know golf is competing with cute dogs is going to be difficult. Yeah. And she's so good at it. Like it's, it's going to be, I mean, it's a race. Like we're, we're neck and neck right now. Um, so my goal is to hit 10 K and I only want to hit 10 K just for the sheer fact that I can just tell everybody to swipe up. Just everything. It seems like swipe up, swipe up, swipe up, like <laughs> whatever it may be. It doesn't matter. That's what you know. Uh, but that's, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So that is, that's my one goal this year is to hit, hit 10 K for my, you know, kind of my following. But yeah. you know, when it comes to what I post, like I post what I like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I do like when people comment or like it because it makes me feel like, okay, what I'm doing is, is cool and people are liking it. But at the end of the day, like I've had multiple posts where I've put a post up and I was like, this picture is awesome. Or, you know, this video is funny or whatever it may be. And it might not get the love that I thought it was going to get. And I'm okay with it. It's the way it goes. Sometimes you do content that is just awesome. And then sometimes you find out it doesn't work, but that's the way that you can find out what works for your audience as well. Yeah. And the other thing too, is you're always playing this game with the algorithm. So the time in which you post and the hashtags in which you post, and even with reels, the music you're using to put the reel in, like you're always kind of playing this little game and you just have to quickly realize that if it didn't hit, doesn't mean that it's not liked by a ton of people. It just means it, it didn't work that day, but I, I like it and I put it out there and yeah. some people saw it and that's, that's all that really matters. Um, yeah. I was just going to say, because it's something that I've been looking into as well recently with my uh, YouTube channel in particular, because I just want to cover all things golf, but then there's also kind of a lot of sub niches in golf. So for example, you know, I could cover stuff like yourself, whether it's fashion, whether it's course reviews or doing podcasts. But then I was kind of like, well, what's if people don't like the fashion side of it? Or some people only like the podcast. How do I kind of try and find something that all my subscribers or all my followers are going to, are going to enjoy basically. Um, but that's why I said to myself, it's just maybe try and find the sub niche that, people seem to be interested in and as long as i'm interested in it then stick with that yep absolutely yeah absolutely that's all that matters is if you're interested in it um and in your to go back to your question of you know how did i kind of grow the following that i have mm-hmm. um which isn't a lot i mean it's only eight thousand followers so it's not like we're you know twenty thousand or whatever in but uh. i all of my followers are awesome and I interact with so many of them. I love it. Um, and I think that's one of the key things to do is, and I kind of preach this a lot, but yeah. it's so easy to double tap and like a photo, right? Yeah. Um, or if you see something in a story that you like, you hit the quick emoji button and it pops up the emoji. <laughs> but yeah. you really you really start to make a connection with people when you comment on the photo and tell them like, hey, this is a sick shot or, ask them about, Hey, what, like, what were you thinking when you took this photo? Or if you see something in somebody's story, actually sending them a genuine, like, Hey, this is really cool. Like, this is an awesome photo you should put in your feed or whatever it may be. Like, I think that's when you start to make a deeper connection with people. And the other thing too is, is the more you comment, the more other people see those comments and now they start interacting with the conversation as well. And now you start to kind of expand your your reach because you're talking with other people who you may not have talked with before because your stuff just didn't come across their feed or their explore page so i i think the biggest thing is that people need to do is just interact and when you interact it doesn't matter whether that person has 150 followers or 150,000 followers right um i mean somebody with 150 might not see the dms or the comments but you know don't let that number scare you away or think that oh this person might not respond or this person might not do that there yeah. everybody's into everybody's everybody right i mean nobody is better than anybody else on instagram um because we're all just there and we're all showing the best part of our lives in some standpoint which is why you should show more bad shots but yeah i mean it's just kind of like it's interact with the people who, and, who you're following i mean with, with purpose i think uh, what you said there was great i mean if you get to like a photo maybe comment and say why you liked it what did you like about the photo rather than as you said just just hitting that button it shows just that little bit more interest yep yep totally agree 
for sure. And what sort of advice would you give to people that maybe want to, whether it is on Instagram or other social platforms, create kind of a brand in the fashion sub niche of golf? What, what sort of advice would you give to people that, that want to try and do that? So if you're looking to expand your Instagram or your YouTube or, you know, your Facebook or whatever, it's to me, it's all about consistency. You just have to be consistently putting out content. Mm-hmm. And at some point, things are going to hit for people. But if you are sporadic at it, obviously, the platform is not going to award people who are sporadic, right? So yeah. you have to be consistent in what you're doing and just be true to what you're doing. Do it because you like it. Um, do it because it interests you. Like that's that's the biggest thing. Just be consistent. Evolve, right? That's another thing. Like evolve yeah. in what you're doing. So part of fashion, you know, well, you have to evolve with the fashion with the new. Absolutely. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. So it's just I think that's what it is. It's you know be consistent, evolve with what you're doing, and try different things, right? So if you're doing photography, think, figure out how to do video. You might not be awesome at the beginning. Chances are you weren't awesome at photography at the beginning either. But just continue to learn more and expand and people recognize like where you were and where you are. And so many people, I think, want to try these things. And a lot of people don't just for whatever reason. So if you're able to show them maybe what they want to see because you expanded from photography to video, then Mm -hmm. you're going to kind of get a a bigger community around you. For sure. Okay, well, I think I'm going to wrap up there on that great final piece of advice. Um, so for anybody that wants to find you, Mike, Pins and Passports is the best place to get you on Instagram. Is there anywhere else mm-hmm. anybody can find you? Nope, Pins and Passports right now. Um, and then here coming soon, we'll have the website launched, but you'll see that communication through that Instagram. Okay, so just remind us, what's the, the website going to be? Or do you not know yet? Uh, the website is going to be it's Golf Course. Yep, it's, it'll be... Uh, it will be www.golfcoursegeeks.com. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate having you on here and appreciate you taking the time out to speak to me. It's been great talking to you. Absolutely. It's been a fantastic conversation. Let's do it again. Yeah, I'll do it again sometime. Good to meet you. All right. Thank you, guys.